Hello, my name is... <laughs> Hello, my name is Jackson McMurray. Hello, my name is Jackson McMurray. I am a vampire. <laughs> a vampire. A vampire. I am Anna McGuire, and I'm a regular person. Yeah. Because that's what this movie is about. It's it's a parallel. It's about... <laughs> it's just like the movie. Anyway, this is No Nerds Allowed special <laughs> episode. And no nerds are allowed. Right, yes. <clears throat> uh, yeah, uh-huh. Wait. <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to say. It's okay. I don't know what we're supposed to say either. Yeah, so this is gonna be um, something of a of a diversion from our typical No Nerds Allowed format. It's me, Adeline McMurray. Yeah, Adeline was tragically um, replaced by me. <laughs> killed by a vampire. Um, yeah. Killed by Adam Sandler's vampire. Yeah. The yeah. Anyway, this isn't a good joke, and I don't know why I'm trying to continue it. Uh, point is, uh, I've got a I've got a substitute in today in the form of um, Anna McGuire. Hello. Do you want to introduce it's me, yourself? Anna McGuire. I hi, I'm Anna McGuire. I'm on I'm on this podcast now. Excellent. I was gonna say, uh, what's nice about this is that like you are approximately like three quarters of our listenership, so you don't really have to <laughs> <laughs> you don't really have to introduce yourself because it's mostly it's just you that listens. So Well, I mean, what else do you want me to say though? <laughs> um no, I mean that's fine. I wasn't I wasn't trying to get on you about not doing a good job. I was oh. just I was just I'm just like is is there other like introductory things that other people do? No. We okay. have absolutely no format on this podcast. That's why it's good. Yeah. Um, so anyway, we've been beating around the bush a little bit. Uh the movie we wanted to talk about today was Hotel Transylvania. Um which is uh, uh, sure is a movie. It's okay. Actually, wait, wait, wait. Before before we say anything, okay. I have to make a bit of a disclaimer. Um, Sony Pictures Animation. Uh, if you're listening to this, uh, please <laughs> bear in mind that my opinions on your Golden Boy franchise uh, do not reflect on my opinions of your studio as a whole. Um, I would love for you to hire me. Thank you and good night. My opinions do though. My opinions do reflect on you as a whole, Sony Pictures. This movie sucked. <laughs> Go fuck yourself, Sony Pictures. I can say that. <laughs> so you didn't like it. You weren't you weren't a fan. It was I will say it was about as bad as I was expecting it to be and like no more no less. Okay, okay. It was I mean, it was yeah. Look, there's not anything wrong with this movie, really. Well, Oh, okay. You, you think otherwise. I don't know. To me, as a viewer, I was just like, everything was, like, perfectly fine. It's like, yeah, most of these jokes are super not funny, but it's not like, I don't know, I'm not offended by this. I'm not upset that I'm watching it. I was like, that's fine. I'm not mad. Yeah. I'm not mad about I got, it. I will admit I got kind of bored a yeah, lot of no, the time. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure. It was, yeah. Um... I don't, where do we usually start with these? Oh, I thought it was going to be a musical because there was like that. There was like <laughs> three songs that were like kind of original, but they all only lasted like 30 seconds long. Oh, right. 
Yeah. I, okay, so I've got a little bit of, of, of background I want to share on this movie. Hold on. Okay. I should probably do that, too, because I know a bit about the making of. Well, okay, mostly this is just from me looking it up on Wikipedia and taking a look in it at the at the production tab. But there's the most buckwild shit in it. I mean, there's just one thing, but are you ready for this? Yes. Um, Hotel Transylvania was originally created by comedy writer Todd Durham, um, which he based on his book of the same name that he wrote. It then says, after he created a Bible for the... Fr- or, excuse me. After creating the Bible for a franchise of several films, television series, video games, books, merchandising, a hotel chain, and a theme park, he took wow. the whole package unsolicited to Columbia Pictures. Oh, my God. And I guess that was enough to get the movie made. I guess that's what you really need to succeed in this industry is just, like, plan for the hotel chain and theme park integrations early on. Yeah, it's just plan (laughs) for it to be the next Harry Potter. Exactly. (laughs) Wow. Can you imagine, like, being able to just walk into a studio like that and just be like, hey, what's up? My name's Todd. My name is, I'm a random guy. This is my pitch Bible for the world's biggest franchise. You want to know, have you ever considered a franchise of movies in which you could make a hotel chain based on it? Sony? Yeah, because historically that has worked really well for places like Nickelodeon. Yeah, it worked for Taco Bell. It could work for you, Sony. Hotel Transylvania. (laughs) Have you heard about that? Have you heard about the Taco Bell hotels? No, I have not. Um, I mean, it's just great. It's just great that it's a real thing. Hold on. Are we gonna Are we gonna take a a, a journey to? Are you gonna send it to me on Discord? Um, no. Hold on. I'm looking at it myself. See, see, my my way of thinking right now is just that I'm ready to go on some tangents because I I don't really feel like I could talk about this for <laughs> sixty plus minutes. Oh my god. Did you just Google Taco wow. Bell Hotel? I sure did. <laughs> yeah, aren't they great? What? And the, the pillows the look fuck? like sauce packets. <laughs> why is this? Why is this? Why did they do this? Oh, <laughs> uh, the pool has like floaties that look like Taco Bell hot sauce packets. Oh my god! Does it come with diarrhea? <laughs> I wonder, though, for real, though, for real, though, I wonder what, like, the plumbing is like in that building. Yeah, right? Did they take any special precautions? Or did they just treat it like regular plumbing? I like to imagine the pipes in there are, like, the Burger King straws. They're just, like, three times as thick as any regular pipe should be. (laughs) To account for the Taco Bell? (laughs) Exactly. Anyway, this is our podcast, uh... Taco Bell Hotel, um, the show. <laughs> Taco Bell Hotel, colon, the podcast. Yeah, where we talk about the Taco Bell hotels. Okay, you um, know what? This is in this is in Palm Springs. That's in California, right? No. Where's Palm Springs? Are you thinking of Palm Beach? Yeah, yeah. Palm Springs is, it- is like part of the Southern California. It's in the Coachella oh. Valley. Um, Yeah, I don't know anything about SoCal. So someday we're going to go to the Taco Bell Hotel. And we're going to reunite. We're going to reunite for Taco Bell Hotel, colon, the podcast. We're going to record in the Taco Bell Hotel. And we're going to talk about Hotel Transylvania. (laughs) Give it a (laughs) thorough. 
So you're saying we just talk about the Taco Bell Hotel today, and then later when we're at the Taco Bell Hotel, we talk about Hotel Transylvania. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway, um, anyway, speaking okay. of Hotel Transylvania. um, So I, last fall, I went on this big trip to, um, to L.A. with... Uh, this animation club at the University of Utah. Um, and we went to Sony Pictures Animation, their studio, and I loved it. It was, like, easily my favorite tour that we went on. Um, and they talked a lot about this movie because this is, like, their biggest franchise. Or maybe it was now that Spider-Verse is a thing. Right. Um, but they, like, it's a really small, relatively new studio. I think they're they're first movie was what like 2003 or something yeah it was like i don't know let's let's do some fact checking hold on yeah there's that uh, the one movie about the bear and the deer that has the one antler oh um oh, fuck not over the hedge um no it's the one that everybody thinks is over the hedge right hold on hold on but it has a name that's like over the hedge what's it mm-hmm. called open season Open season, yeah, and then like the first movie was two thousand two, uh, two thousand six, two thousand six, right? Yeah, and they that made was Peter like Peter Rabbit. What? They made Peter Rabbit. Why is that under Sony Animation? Oh, well, that live I mean, action that like... Peter Rabbit movie with Domhnall Gleeson. Yeah, well, that must have been like partially them and partially just regular Sony, right? You want to know something fun about that movie? Apparently, in the climax of that movie, Peter Rabbit weaponizes Domhnall Gleeson's peanut allergy and just, <laughs> like, uh, oh, obliterates him with peanuts. And my mom asked me about it, like, four times. <laughs> of course she did. She was just like, does, is that upsetting to you? And I was like, I don't know, not really. <laughs> she was like, okay. Was it, though? Does that make you feel weird at all that they did that? They killed Domhnall Gleeson with peanuts in that movie? I was like, I don't know. I'm not that bent out of shape about it. <laughs> it's it's a pretend rabbit. It's, it's, yeah, it's okay. <laughs> okay. But getting, getting back on track, I, I loved the studio tour for this place. Um, and they they talked a lot about the Hotel T franchise because that was, like, their their big moneymaker at the time. Mm-hmm. Um. And, like, they they put a lot of emphasis on animating differently. Not, like, um, not like the visual style of the way that the art looks, but, like, specifically how things move. Um, and I think that was the, the strongest point of this movie. Because there was a lot of, there was a lot of rubber hose. There was a lot of, like, 1940s feeling like animation in the way that the characters moved mm-hmm. and i was i was really into that obviously that's <laughs> a big thing for me you can right. s- you can see it in their other movies as well it's something that i haven't seen as much of in other places right and you know because they're responsible for like um cloudy with a chance of meatballs and yeah which was extremely you know rubber hosey <laughs> right i'm sure i'm looking at the list God, there's not a lot to work with with this filmography. Like, there's some good. No, there's, there's some, not. There's some good nuggets you can latch onto, but um, uh, Surf's Up is good. I like Surf's Up. 
Yeah, I haven't seen that movie in a, in a billion years. I, I watched part of it the other day, and I want to finish it because it's just like, I don't know, it's an, honestly a pretty creative idea. It's like an animated movie shot like it's a documentary, which I just think is really funny on its own. Yeah. But like Shia LaBeouf is good in it, and Jeff Bridges is good in it. <laughs> Maybe I don't we know. should do an episode about that. Yeah, we that could be our next Sony, one. <laughs> the Sony animation movies. Um... um. Another thing uh, about, like, the the character animation specifically, and I think this was mostly the case with Dracula, is, like, the the characters had really different walk cycles that I noticed. Like, his his head was never at a different level. Right, um, right, right. Which is, like, a thing for walk cycles is, like, the head moves up and down because that's how, like, people move. But it was always just, like, flat, and his just, like, legs would do all of the work yeah. when you could see them. And that was, I think, a, a fun you know, character bit. Right. No, absolutely. And everything. I was going to say, I even made a note of that a couple of times in the, the, uh, in my, in the, in my, um, um, in the, um, in my notes yeah, that in, I took. Uh-huh. Yeah, um, I get you. <laughs> but, um, okay. Here's, here's my biggest takeaway from this movie. What? Is that like, it's, it's, it's supremely by the numbers, right? Like this story is like the most generic possible like children's animated film yeah, story you easily, could possibly yeah. make. Um <laughs> which is like fine. Not every movie has to be like this radical Spider-verse. departure from like generalized storytelling. Like I'm not upset about it. But yeah. like the 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 bits in this movie are just like so Nothing. Like, there is so... You mean, like, the jokes? Yeah. Like, there are so many jokes in this that are just, like, so spectacularly low effort. My favorite of which, just just to cherry pick a really great one, is when um, they're trying to hide the human, and he, like, throws him into that suit of armor, and he's, like, in that living suit of armor for a while, and then he, like, gets out of it, and then, like, they leave, and they come back to the suit of armor, and the suit of armor goes... Boy, that guy sure smelled. And they cut to the next scene. Yeah. And that's the whole joke. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, one of my like first notes on here is like, I'm already over the potty humor. Right. (laughs) Because it's like, I I really have nothing like against like fart jokes and shit. As long as they're like actually funny. Right. I mean, I don't know. I don't yeah. think this is, like, too dependent on potty humor. I mean, there's, no, like... No, there was a lot of it at the very beginning, and then it right, kind of backed exactly. off of it. They gotta, like, hook the kids early so that they can be a little yeah. more highbrow for the rest of the time. Yeah. Um. Okay, here's, here's one of, honestly, my main problems with the movie. There was okay. so much emphasis on how dangerous fire is to monsters, right? <laughs> right. And, like, number one... I'm pretty sure the reason for that is because Dracula's house got burnt down when his wife died, which is, like, a normal amount of fire danger for anything (laughs) that's just, like, alive. But also, the whole hotel was, like, built out of candles and fireplaces. Right. No, I think what they were saying was, like, you're in the forest, and if you have, like, a big bonfire or something, it'll attract the attention of humans because it's, like, big and bright. That's what I thought they were going for. Yeah. Because I mean, then when the human show the human what's his name? Andy Samberg shows up when he sets the guys on fire because he sees the fire and he comes and then Adam Sandler's like, Oh, it's because of the fire that this human showed up. That's how this all works. These are the rules of the world, is that people see fire and they want to go towards it often. Yeah. 
I guess, yeah, I guess that's that's valid. See, see, okay, what this also- movie presupposes is that uh, people, if they see fire in the woods, they want to go toward it. Yeah. That's what sets this movie apart from any others on the shelf, I think. Also, like, why, why do humans hate monsters exactly? I mean, like... Because I know in common folklore why people are afraid of Dracula. But, like, in this version, you can't have Dracula, like, actually eat people because it's, like, right. children's media. And, like, I respect that. But, like, he's just kind of just a regular guy. Right. Because that's the thing, right? Like, monsters, <laughs> there's a really specific reason that people don't like Dracula. It's because, like, surprise, Dracula's um, a pedophile and a murderer. That's, like, his whole deal. So, like... Yeah, probably we should not like Dracula, but this movie is just like, oh no, Dracula's not that bad a guy. He just is doing his own thing. And it's like, well then why this doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, it's like I there was there was one example of like why people are bad, and it's like, oh, an angry mob shows up to their house to kill them or whatever for being vampires. But it's like right. okay. But didn't he say that he doesn't eat people, though? So, like... (laughs) Right. So, like, why? And what's... Like, why is everybody else scared if, like, there's no... (laughs) I I would have liked to see, like... I don't know, some some vignette of everybody else's life and, like, their bad experience with humans. Right. Because, like, we got the one example and the rest of it was just like, oh, yeah, it's kind of just a thing that we all know. We're not going to do any world building about it, though. And yeah, this movie has a weird relationship with, like, the big ideas it kind of evokes, right? Like, yeah. it's it's very much, it loves to, like, make jokes about, like, racism. But if you were to actually view this movie as, like, an allegorical statement about prejudice, it would just be really fucked up and super not good. So, like, it can't yeah. decide whether it wants to, like actually say something or just pretend like it's saying something for a second for the sake of a gag and then totally move on. Yeah, there was like that that one-off bit where the kid said something about like that's racist and I was like exactly. oh, I don't think you want to do that. It's in like this yeah, movie, no. I as really soon don't. As you, as soon as you say that word, when you evoke that specter, it, it taints everything, right? And that's yeah, part of It's like, oh, now this is a racism thing. <laughs> exactly. And like that's part of why I have such a weird relationship with Zootopia. Is because it's, like, it's a super clear, like, allegory for, like, societal racism, right? Yeah. But, like, not every individual thing super locks up with reality in a really specific way. And so it it just, there's a certain sort of dissonance to the, the metaphorical storytelling, you know? Right. Whereas this is, like, that turned up to a bazillion. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. There's just... It's, like, don't... Don't make this race related. Just like, please do not. Just let it's, them have. Just let them be monsters. Right. Exactly. Also, I felt super weird about the fact that they had Quasimodo in there. Yeah, that was weird too. Because like, Quasimodo was just a dude, right? Like, Quasimodo was just like a disfigured man. Yeah. Like, that's yeah. Because I mean, Frankenstein, I get like. Because even though that book is about how like, oh, Frankenstein's monster isn't actually the real monster. It was. Victor the whole time, but like, right. I I get the, like, the pop cultureization of Frankenstein's monster and like the the movie from what the forties or something. Um, I Frankenstein, twenty sixteen's I Frankenstein. Is that what you're thinking of? Uh huh. Yeah, that one. That's the one. Nailed it. 
But like, it's so, that's, Hunchback of Notre Dame, that's a weird choice to, to put in here. <laughs> yeah, that's no, I totally agree. extremely weird choice. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like, I don't know, this movie, like the collection of talent on this is weirdly confusing to me. Because like it's it's pitched by this anonymous guy who just like wrote this thing and just walked into Sony Pictures and was just like, hey, check it out. I built a theme park um, in my brain. Would you like to make a movie about it? And they were like, fuck, yeah. So they're hey, like, OK, here is here is a book with my entire imagination. In it. Right, just the exactly. whole thing. My entire weirdly corporate imagination. Hi, um, yeah. And. So it's like cool, fine, um, and then they attach. I'm I'm sure they attach Adam Sandler first, which is like okay. Like usually Adam Sandler kind of produces his own stuff, but he just wants to be attached to this. That's fine. And then yeah. for the director, they go to Gendy Tartakovsky, who's known for like making really like highbrow animated shows for Cartoon Network. <laughs> And it's like, why? Like, what's going on? Are you on? saying this isn't highbrow, Jackson? Yeah, I don't know. It's just like a weird collection of talent that I don't understand. <laughs> yeah. Because it's not even like it's just Adam Sandler. It's like Adam Sandler's whole posse. <laughs> you know? It's like him and Kevin James. His entire James and... squad. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. This movie is <laughs> weird. But yeah, and it's like, I, I wrote down just a handful of gags that are just... nothing that are just nothing like when all the little werewolf kids are running around and like peeing on stuff there's that moment where this witch is like the janitor i guess oh are you talking about the fucking sponge yeah and it's like why was the deal with that so she like gets out a sponge and just lays it down and the sponge has a face on it and it like smiles and sings a little song as it slowly soaks up the pee and it takes like a solid three or four seconds and it never comes back ever again no they like lingered on it for way too <laughs> fucking long i wrote that weirdest. down i was like piss sponge what the fuck <laughs> But, like, there's so many that's just, like, there's a moment where, like, Dracula's making an announcement and, like, a whole bunch of frogs come out of nowhere and make a little stool for him to stand on. Yeah, that was also really weird. You're just like, what is that? What is this? Why did you do this? That's not really a joke, and it's not quite, like, fun enough to be, like, a fun little set piece. It's just, like, this weird thing they decided to do. And it was also, like, two inches off the ground. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, also, that is true. Um... So, so just if we want to go through the movie chronologically, right? Yeah. Like the, um, we start with like this whole backstory of. Okay, wait. Can I say a, a word about the um the beginning part when it was like sure. the montage of him like raising her? Yeah. That yeah. seemed exactly like every like first five pages that that ends up on the cutting room floor. Like that's like. The right. scene that everybody writes in the first draft and then cuts for time. Right, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, I don't think we're really... I don't think there's anything there that's especially important, right? No. Like, I think maybe the reason it's still there is because the gag of Adam Sandler singing that song and then making a crazy vampire noise in the middle of it was too good. And I suspect that Adam Sandler just thought that was really funny, so we had to keep the whole five minutes in. Yeah. Um... Which, I don't know, I'll admit, that's not a bad gag. That's one of the better jokes in the movie, I think. Do you disagree? Yeah, you know. <laughs> I just don't have any feelings about it. <laughs> okay. 
It sure um, did happen. Yeah. When, okay. I... One of the things that I really like about this movie, it's just, like, a little thing that I actually really appreciate, is I love the way they animated, like, the flying when they're in bat form. Oh, um, yeah. Or when they're, like, bouncing around when they're with, like, the purple smoke and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Because, like, like there's this moment right at the beginning when, like, what's-her-name, Dracula Jr., turns into a bat for the first time, and dracula's like flying around like behind her being like oh okay like be careful though where like he's like kind of flapping his wings but then like for a second his like he'll like go underneath like he's like waiting to catch her for a second and then like go back to flying and it's like a really cool little bit of like character specific animation i don't know i just thought it was really cool yeah actually like just all of the scenes that were really action heavy i enjoyed watching because the way that their, like, limbs flail around when they're, like, running is right. just, like, it's just fun to watch. Like, if you if you look closely at, the like, the characters' movements when they're going really fast or something. Right. It's always just kind of, like, funky. Right. No, yeah, totally. <laughs> and I um, enjoyed watching that. <laughs> Here's another non-joke in this movie. Um, when the werewolves pull up for the first time, their license plate says undead yeah real good joke real good one yeah uh uh-huh because they're all monsters and many of them are undead so the license plate says undead that's very funny it's it's not like it's not doesn't have numbers in it though it's that's just what it says (laughs) yeah it just says undead there's literally like there's literally no joke to that it's yeah nothing if you made the e in undead a three instead that would be like 25% of a joke. <laughs> but it just says undead. There's nothing to that. Yeah. Um, but anyway, moving forward from that. I think sort of the biggest like selling point of this movie is like the hotel lobby, right? Yeah, the like, set design was pretty fun. It's just this place where there's like a whole bunch of like crazy monsters and they all, you know, like, the physical animation style is, like, one of the biggest selling points of this movie. And it's yeah. this area that we go back to over and over again where it's just, like, here's a bunch of guys. They're all designed differently and you get to kind of watch them move around and interact with each other. And that's pretty cool. <laughs> like, yeah. That's just all there really is to it. But it's, like, I'm I'm glad that they had sort of the foresight enough to, like, make that not just a one-off set piece but, like, be... Uh, a, a location movie, like, that we return to over and over again. Yeah. yeah. Because whenever you're back there, you're always just like, oh yeah, I get to look at some crazy monsters again. I'm always down <laughs> like to look at some mon- crazy monsters, monsters. Doing some weird shit. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I was, I had a thought and I'm forgetting what it was. Um, oh yeah. Uh, <clears throat> one, one thought that I had while watching this and this is like halfway through. Right. It, I think this movie, like, could could be a lot better if it like just slowed down with the goofiness some of the times right because i i I, like i love the the like rubber hose influence and everything and the slapstick and the exaggerated emotions and everything but i think the moments that are actually trying to be sincerely emotional kind of suffer when it's like cranked up to 11 for the entire rest of the movie because like kind of the there are only a couple of times that we get to see dracula be like act like a real person 
And I think I would have liked to see him at a couple of other, po- uh, of other points, like, with a little bit of genuine stress or genuine anger or, like... Oh, yeah. Not, like, super exaggerated versions of that. Um, because, like, when characters that are that silly, like, try to suddenly be sincere when they're extremely silly for the rest of the whole time... No, it, yeah, like, no, absolutely. Like, that first time when we finally get yeah. to... When we finally get to the moment where he, like, starts expounding about how his wife died and all that stuff, it literally, it, like, comes out of fucking nowhere. Like, yeah. <laughs> they, like, walk in this room and Andy Samberg's like, oh, hey, uh, what's up? I do a blah, blah, blah. And then he's just, is suddenly like, oh, hey, I found, I know that woman. She was in a castle where the love was so powerful that I could feel it even then. And then Dracula's like, oh, well, it's. Uh, well, I'm have to be Adam Sandler, that, so it has to be horrible. Um, uh, that's uh, my wife. That's oh, that's uh, my wife. Uh, <laughs> that, uh, yeah, I can't do it without just sounding like an Italian person. Hold on. <laughs> Hold on, I had to get. <laughs> no, I try again. I yeah, I had to get again. in it. <clears throat> Ooh, that's my wife. <laughs> Good job. I'm honestly surprised that Adam Sandler didn't say my wife at any point during this movie. Oh God. You Don't know what? That would be great. It's gonna be in Hotel T four. <laughs> Do you think that um this movie takes place in the same cinematic universe as Bo Rat? Yeah. I do too. Anyway, moving on. Yeah, it does. Um <laughs> But the moment um, the moment that specifically I was thinking about is like the the part when the kid is like first like walking around in the hotel lobby and he like shuts him in the closet um right i was like okay if he was if he seemed like genuinely stressed out about right. like this kid being here like we can we can also have there be goofs but uh-huh. like you know sometimes there is comedy in like just the situation itself and like it's still funny even if your character is like oh my god shit right. fuck what do i do <laughs> No, yeah, no, I, I mean, if he had just been like, look, I'm going to level with you, like, I got to get you out of here because of this and that and the other and all that kind of stuff, but it also in a bad accent. Um, yeah. Like, it would have been just, like, that much of, like, just establish him as, like, a real guy with feelings, you know? Yeah, because kind of the only times we got to see him with feelings was, like, around his daughter and, like, his dead wife. Right, yeah. But, like, we didn't really get to see that around any of, like, the other people. Right. No, totally. Yeah. Um, there's, a, there's a line in this early on. So anyway, now he runs this hotel for monsters and uh, his daughter is coming of age. She's turning 118. Haha. And I oh, get it. Um, like 18. But, but, but uh, she wants to like go out and see the whole world, but he doesn't want her to because he's afraid of people because they fucking killed his wife um and but there's this great moment at the very beginning that's like weirdly the only like effective character moment in this whole movie i think where um (laughs) dracula walks in and he like starts to say something like oh uh, how are you excited for your big day and then the daughter's like please dad let me speak (laughs) 
And I just thought that was so funny. Like, there was something so, like, pitch perfect about that. Like, it's not like he's, like, bulldozing over her or anything, but she's just like, Dad, let me speak. I thought that was perfect. I thought that was great. Yeah. Oh, hey, also, did it did it feel to you like there were never stakes in this movie? Um, I mean, I don't know. I wanted the kid to not get discovered. I mean, because it's like it's like the reputation of his hotel, right? Yeah. It, it, he's been human-free since whatever dumb number they made up, 1969. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's when it was. And, which I wouldn't put it past this movie, because there's a joke about the invisible man having a small penis in it, so. Yeah, that was really weird. <laughs> yeah. That was, yeah, that was super weird. Um, but, like, I don't know, because it's like, oh, I've built this place, it's like the sanctuary, and I have a reputation to uphold. It's kind of like John Wick, right? It's like, they have this hotel, and it's like, you're you're cool, and, like, when you're on the grounds, everything's chill, but then, like, if people start to kill, then it's like, oh, can I even trust this hotel anymore, right? Like Yeah, I guess that's, Yeah. To me, the I guess stakes... like the only the only moment when I was ever like feeling any sort of like worry about the well being of the characters was when he was like flying after the plane. Oh, because right. I was like, oh, this is really cool if they ha- actually have him get like severely injured by the sun to like right. you know save his daughter's relationship or whatever. Right, except that he except doesn't that they though. Didn't really? Yeah, yeah. They just made him like smoky. But there wasn't, they didn't do anything cool with, like, having, like, his strategies of not being in the sun. Like, I, yeah, we're I mean, working through it. We'll get there when we get there, I think. We can, we can talk about this a little bit later. Um, are, we, are we going chronologically? I mean, usually we do. We can just get there once we, once we arrive at it. All right, yeah. Um, the, I just think, like, I'm trying to describe how I'm feeling. The, I think that Dracula's, like, too convincing that first moment when she's like, oh, I want to go out. And he's like, okay, yeah, cool. I told you you could, and now you can. Cool deal. Like, I felt like I would have liked to have that telegraph to the audience that he's kind of setting her up at first. Yeah. Because it's like, it makes him feel too cool at the beginning. Like, at first I was like, oh, shit, this is nice. Like, he's just a cool dad. He's like, knows what's up and is doing the best he can. But then yeah. it's like, oh, but then he actually didn't. And I'm like, oh, well, fuck this guy then. <laughs> like, Yeah, I would have I would have liked to see him a little bit more, like, nervous going in. Right. Like, to that conversation. Um, because, you know, he's about to pull off this giant elaborate lie to his daughter. <laughs> right. like, yeah. But it's like, I don't know, it, like, sells you on the character in that moment. On basically his lie right they're lying to you as much as they're lying to the daughter so that when it turns out that that's not it i much like the daughter in the film am just mad i'm like oh i thought dracula was gonna be a cool dad in this but he's not and i like the cool dad version of him better yeah oh also the part when she was like surrounded by the you know zombie mob of disguised zombies like her reactions to that seemed way too toned down Right, For, yeah. Because, like, I, that was supposed to be, like, a life-changing traumatic experience. But she, <laughs> she was kind of like, oh, hey, can't we just all be friends? 
And yeah. that was just like her whole reaction. And I <laughs> yeah, no, like totally. I would have liked to her to like run away or like be actually scared or something. But she was yeah. just like, oh no, this sucks. Yeah, it's I don't know. <laughs> this movie has such a it's just so I guess the word I would describe this movie as is just non-committal. Like extremely, yeah. They just don't want to do too much of anything, really. They want to like get in and get out and have some bad jokes and do the perfunctory amount of, you know, story and world building and get out of there, you know. Yeah. And it's just like it that would it's not like it takes a lot of creative energy to just be like oh and then you know it's this really dramatic scene that's really really like heartbreaking for this character but it just like they don't want to commit to the movie being too intense right because they're just like they treat it like with such nonchalance it's like I mean, it just feels like a movie that's, like, made by people who are really explicitly, like, oh, yeah, it's just a kid's movie, <laughs> you know? Yeah, like, they don't want to put, any- like that, yeah. put anything too challenging in it or anything too intense or anything interesting in it, really, at all. They just want, like, a story that... They just that- want to... Appeal to the kids in the most baseline level. Possible. Exactly. No, totally. They're they're not they're not trying to do much of anything with this movie. Oh, also, stop. Movies should just stop using pop songs. Like, <laughs> right? I mean, like you can use something if it's like, you know, older, like ten years or more older. Right. But if you use a pop song from like that year. By the time the movie comes out, it's going to be, like, a yeah, couple exactly. of years old. Don't then, you like, love it, though, when Adam Sandler puts the earbuds in and is playing LMFAO and he reacts like it's horrible? Because don't you just... Don't you just hate modern pop music? Don't God. you just hate it? Isn't it so funny that he does that? But then that was the exact same song that they played later when everyone was like, oh, the human kid is cool, actually. Right, yeah. Well, I'm sure it's because they're part of Sony's record company and they had to put the the, the song in in a flattering light in later if they were going to make that gag earlier. Yeah, it's just like, stop. It's going to make your movie look so dated <laughs> yeah, every no. time somebody it's does that. real rough. And yeah, I don't know. It's just like I've talked about this with uh, some other people before, but there's like this perfect period when something is like approximately like six to eight years ago, where it's like not old enough to like have a sort of nostalgia throwback resurgence, but it's not like new enough to still be in your modern consciousness, where you can yeah. like hear a song and it just like blasts you back and hearing that little bit of that lmfao song was like that for me i was like fuck i haven't thought about lmfao again yeah i haven't thought about lmfao in years yeah and it's like oh wow this just this just sounds just like 2011 (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah um but anyway then andy sandberg's character shows up and look I like Andy Samberg a lot. Um, he has zero funny jokes in this movie, though. Yeah, it's true. One time he says something about a guy trying to eat him at a Slipknot concert, and that's a little bit funny. But, like, outside of that, it's just there's just not much anything. And, like, I don't know. The whole movie is not, like... I wouldn't say any of it is, like, cringeworthy. It's just, like, 
not it's funny. It's just not funny. It's just, it's just like, kind of nothing. Flat, yeah. Um, although I have to say, the gag where they like have the conversation in the revolving door that's spinning around super fast, I think that's super fun. Yeah. In terms of like visual gags and animated movies, that's like up there. I thought that was really fun. Um, Even though there's like nothing else on that same caliber in this movie, for that moment, I was like, oh, that's a fun idea and well realized. That's that's cool. And I'm into it. Yeah. Um, The next thing I have written down is boy, that kid smelled when that suit of armor (laughs) says, boy, that kid smelled. I can't get over um, that line. That is truly the laziest joke I think anybody's ever written. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, honestly though. Um Also, okay. You know what? Okay, there's one moment in this movie that I thought was really really funny. Um yeah. and that's when they're showing like the bingo hall and they're like turning the the like the machine that dispenses the little bingo balls and their little skulls <laughs> and the woman takes them out and the little skull is just like oh 23 for some reason that killed me i thought that was so funny yeah that was pretty funny (laughs) i can't describe why that was as funny as it is but i was like that slayed me i think that's so good (laughs) also don't you just love the running gag of that skeleton woman being sexually abused isn't that super funny god it's so hilarious yeah I also um, love all of the nagging wife jokes. Yeah, super good. Super cool. Um, super love that. This is the best. <laughs> because, well, I mean, I'm trying to think. Because the werewolves seem to be mostly on the same page. Oh, I, I yeah, get, I okay, guess so. The Frankenstein wife is very much the nagging wife, though. I forgot about that. Yeah. Because she doesn't do anything in the movie besides to be annoying. Be, um, yeah, shrill and <laughs> obnoxious. Yeah. Right. Um... Uh, oh, you know what's also funny is that moment where Dracula is afraid of the kid trying to take out his contact lens. That's pretty funny also. I thought that was okay. Yeah, that was okay. That was all right. <laughs> that was another one of those moments that I felt should have had more weight to it. Oh, yeah. That's yeah, that's fair enough. That whole scene out there should have been more, like, sincere and an actual human feeling. Right. Remind me what the actual context of that scene is. It was like... He was, he was like, he took him out there to like, try and like mind wipe him. So he'd leave. Oh, that's right. That's right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but, um, okay. One thing I do want to give this movie credit for though, is that the dynamic between those two characters, between Andy Samberg and Dracula, like feels really natural, right? Yeah. Like they're, when they finally start to transition from like being, enemies quote-unquote to like starting to kind of become friends near the end it doesn't feel like oh and then something happened and now they're friends like they they have like genuine chemistry even when they're at odds with each other they have more chemistry than than andy samberg does with the girl (laughs) Uh, okay if you say so i don't know i didn't think the two of them were bad as a as an idea i I mean maybe it's just like they didn't get like as much screen time together yeah like, I mean, maybe yeah. it's just a bad movie is the problem. Uh, um, yeah, that's probably that. Yeah. But, um, like, so, like, when they finally start to, like, warm up to each other and start to enjoy each other's company, it doesn't feel, like, totally out of the blue because they have, they already have, like, a, a believable rapport even right. beforehand, you know? And then I think that takes a certain amount of skill of writing to pull off. Mm-hmm. 
So do you want to talk about how when the um, the guy brings Selena Gomez up on the roof and she's like, I've never seen a sunset before. And he's like, well, have you tried standing in the shade and looking at it? And then that works and it like changes her entire life. Yeah, that was that was super weird. And she's still looking at the sun. Like you yeah, see I mean, the sun can, reflected in her eyes. If she can see the sun, that means the sun can see her and she's going to get torched cuz she's a vampire. Right. And, and it's like, like go ahead. Also like I mean, I would have liked it better if it was, like, she doesn't actually like the sunrise because she's a vampire and she's allergic to the sun. Right. And if he was like, oh, but actually it's super cool. Why don't we hang out in the shade and we can look at it? And she sees it and she's like, oh, you're right. This is cool. I see what you're saying. Like, that would be good. But, like, it's literally, it's just like, have you tried shade? Did you ever think yeah. of that? In the 118 years you've been alive, did you ever think, oh, maybe if I wanted to, I could stand in the shade and be outside? Like, what the fuck are you trying to tell us with this? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, no, they're they're cool as long as they're standing behind someone. <laughs> then it's all right. Right. The sun can't get you there. Yeah. I also okay. We've we've talked a moment about like when they when they reveal that like oh humans killed Adam Sandler's wife and that's why he doesn't like them and all this stuff. Yeah, because I never could have seen that coming. What a twist! <laughs> right, and but like they treat that scene so weirdly, where like he shows up and you see the wife on the wall, and you've seen her before in the movie. You've seen like pictures of her, so yeah. you know who that is. You're like, oh, that's Adam Sandler's wife. And then he's like, oh, I know who that is. She was this woman in this castle and this legend and all that stuff. And then Dracula's like, no, you see, that is my wife. And then he, like, tears down <laughs> on the curtain and it's, like, a big reveal. Like, And then it's like, okay, but we already knew that. But we though. knew that. Like, why are you treating this like you're revealing something to it's, us? It's this not is new information to us, the audience. And even if we didn't recognize that as the wife. We haven't seen that painting before. It wasn't a mystery to us before three seconds ago, so it's not satisfying when you unveil it. Like, what are you trying to do here? I also like the bit in the flashback, uh, twofold, two things. One is, like, when he's like, I'll go out and talk to the angry mom, and then she, like, stands, like, in his doorway, like, hey, guys. (laughs) (laughs) But also, like, when the wife dies, and it literally has, like, the shot from my intentionally bad student film where, like, her hand falls on the ground. Oh, yeah. (laughs) God. Because it's like, okay, how did she die then? Did someone, like, you know, stab her with a pitchfork or something? Or right. was it, like, the fire? Were there people already in your house? Like, right. what, what happened? And they kind of imply that, like, vampire lore is BS, right? Because there's that moment where they're talking and he's like... Which is which is boring, honestly. Yeah, it's like, I don't know, I'd just be a regular vampire, that's fine. You don't have to subvert anything. Um, yeah. You're not subverting anything else in this movie, so I don't know why you're trying to subvert traditional vampire lore like i'm okay with subverting traditional vampire lore if you're subbing it with like different vampire lore or like something interesting at all yeah like them having like strengths and weaknesses that are like different like weird vampire things but if it's like oh yeah no i'm basically just a dude who lives forever and 
you know, eats frogs. <laughs> right. And it's yeah. like, okay. And you can yeah. turn into a bat, which is cool, but it's like They're not like right. so they're not like replacing vampire lore with something. It's just like instead no, it's just of like, nah. instead of being allergic to garlic and being killed by a stake through the heart, um it's not that. That doesn't yeah. happen. You're like, no, okay, cool. Like, garlic doesn't kill him. It's just a, a normal allergy. And also, <laughs> yeah. I also, I, I just want to say, not to be like the guy, this isn't me like proving how smart I am that I knew where the movie was going. This is more just me like demonstrating how totally rote the, like, just this movie is in general. Where yeah. like, they're at the dance and they're like dancing and having a good time. And they kiss, and then the dad shows up, and I was like, I know exactly what's going to happen. He's going to show up and be mad, and she's going to start yelling at him, and he's going to be like, but that's why I faked that. I faked that whole village. And the music's going to stop. Yeah, and all the people are going to turn around and look at him, and, and they're the going to look gonna at be him. like, what? And the daughter's going to be like, what? What happened? He's like, but I just did it because I wanted to protect you or whatever. And then she runs away crying, and he has to go off and figure it out. And, like, the instant Dracula showed up in that club, I, like, knew the entire way. Like, I, I could have just skipped to the next scene. I could have been like, oh, yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, no, same. I was like, oh, I know literally every, like, beat of this scene. I know exactly how this is going to play out. Right. Um. I also love when they go out in the real world and they discover that racism isn't even a thing anymore. Yeah, it's like everyone's just chill. And and he's like, oh yeah, I'm the real actual vampire Dracula. And they're all like, okay, cool. And I'm like, wow, so there really are just like no repercussions it's, for any yeah. of the things you've been afraid of. It's just like... Every, everyone in the world is just all right with it. Right. That's how they resolved the conflict in this movie. They were just like, oh, but then it turns out that that we're wasn't just, a thing. We're just we're just wrong. Right. Oops. <laughs> Did yeah, you like God. Hey, I have a question. Did you like when he's chasing after him and there was Twilight on the in-flight movie? Did you think that was funny? Oh my funny? god, that was so funny. Cuz uh, something about me that I uh, like a uh, uh, a thing about me is that I hate Twilight. I think it's Twilight's cool so Twilight. stupid. I think Twilight's so dumb and it makes me feel so good when I see people make fun of it because like people don't understand that actually it's bad a lot but of the here's, time but here's the thing about twilight though at least it does a couple of interesting it's, vampire things <laughs> yeah no honestly absolutely like <laughs> i should i want to read twilight one of these days i, because, I like, actually have heard that the books are like genuinely really bad <laughs> yeah i mean i don't know but like, like the writing is just garbage no, yeah. I mean, obviously, earlier that was me doing a bit because we all just love to hate things that teenage girls like. But, like, I was really astonished when I finally actually watched Twilight how bad it is. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's truly, like, just as a movie, like, it feels like somebody who doesn't know how to make a movie is trying to make a movie. Okay, so I know Vampires Suck is also not funny. But, like... <laughs> right. There's there's the one good joke in that movie where it's like the sequence of um shots of her in the car and she has that cactus that keeps getting bigger in every shot. <laughs> and then okay. she takes it out of the car and it's like the size of an exercise ball. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's actually pretty funny. All right, okay, fair enough. But like I don't like I just I can't get over it cuz it's not even like oh it's poorly structured and I don't care about the characters. It's like Edward's movie. pale face makeup doesn't go onto his neck. Only his face <laughs> is pale. 
Like, what the well, fuck? It's That's part of being a vampire in the Twilight universe. <laughs> right. It just, the vampirism just, it stops at your neck. And it seriously, it when you're watching it, it feels like like Troll 2 or like one of those like famous, like incompetent movies. Oh my God. It's just like, what are we even doing here? Like, how much money did you spend on this? <laughs> they, had, they had to save money to animate all the wolves. I guess so. No, but there aren't even animated wolves in the first one. I mean, I know. I mean, like any other ones. And, okay, fair They're enough. Like, okay, I've only seen the first any one. Money, we have to stockpile all of the money so that we can like animate the wolves. I've heard. I've heard from certain people that the last two Twilight movies are actually kind of cool in their own way. Like, I've seen the only thing I've seen of those movies is like the baseball scene. Yeah, that seems actually kind of fun. I'm actually down with that. I'll yeah, fuck with I that mean, scene. that was that one was pretty all right. I thought um, it was kind of fun to watch. The um. Because, yeah, it's one of those series that, like, has a new director every movie just because it's a disaster and nobody can, like, make more than one of them. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. It's just one of those things that's, like, so I, I've only seen the first one and I'm really curious to see all the other ones because, like, there's got to be so many different creative voices chiming in on this that eventually something good has to happen, right? Like, how could, like, this many different people all have exactly zero good ideas? <laughs> Like, just law of large numbers, there's gotta be a good one in there, right? At least one. Um, <laughs> but, okay, so I want to talk about, like, the lack of real consequences when Dracula decides to just, like, go outside. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the- all of the things that they were afraid of, like, all of the things, including the sun, turned out to actually not be a big deal. <laughs> right, exactly. Like... And he's, like, to me, it's, like, a slam dunk for, like, a great animated film sequence, right? Like, you have a guy who's a vampire, he can't go to the sun, he's trying to catch up to an airplane. He's, like, trying to, like, follow in things' shadows. He's, like, riding, he's, like, flying underneath a big bird for a while. He's, like, finding all these, like, goofy and creative ways to get out of the sun while he's trying to catch up to this airplane that's about to take off. Yeah. Like, there's so many cool and creative ways that I can come up with just off the top of my head to make that, like, at all an interesting sequence. Yeah, and then you could have had, like, the emotional moment where he's, like, on the front of the plane getting roasted by the sun and he's, like, exactly. dying as he's conveying this message. Right. And, like, that would have been great. <laughs> it's just, like, and it's, I mean, like I said, it's just so noncommittal. It doesn't just, like, nothing happened. challenge you on anything at all. It's, like, the decision they made for that sequence was that, he is smoking. Yeah. And then there's this... <laughs> then when he comes back at the end and they all meet up, there's this line where he's like, oh, it's okay, I'm just a little sunburnt. And he literally looks like he's just a little sunburnt. Yeah, like, there, it's like the only thing that's, like, burnt is, like, his cape. <laughs> yeah, it's like he's got some holes in his cape and there's, like, some brown smudges on his face. And it's like, yeah, literally, like, that joke literally, doesn't Literally, like, work. nothing happened. Like, you could just go out in the sun if you wanted. yeah. <laughs> but like I also I said this earlier already but like the way they animate the bat flight is really cool where it like it's not just him like flapping his wings super hard how he like feels like he's like pulling himself forward and like alternating between different like wing movements like you really feel that he's like fighting for every like inch he gains on the airplane you know yeah like it's a really a really tactile bit of animation in terms of just like 
feeling like the air force against him, you know? Yeah, I mean, the animation itself in a vacuum is super, super good. It's just like, you know, the story sucks. <laughs> right, just like, there's nothing to latch on to here. Like, absolutely nothing. Um, the... I also think it's funny when they sing a song at the end about... It's the whitest rap I've ever heard in my entire life. But what cracks me up is that Andy Samberg's verse, him a professional, like one of the most popular comedy rappers on planet Earth, Andy Samberg's verse is like 10 times funnier than any of the other ones, and it's not even really that funny. Yeah. Like... He says something about, I don't even remember what the verse was, but he says something about, like, like the way that Nala looks at Simba in The Lion King, which I thought was really funny. And it's yeah, like, clearly like, Andy Samberg came up with that. Like, that's good. It feels like an Andy Samberg lyric. And yeah, the rest it, of it's it feels just like nothing. a Lonely Island bit, yeah. Yeah. But I love, like, them all being, like, impressed with Dracula's rapping when it's like, wow, this is, like, <laughs> embarrassingly white. I know, it's so good. <laughs> um, and the, also, like, crazy auto-tune. Yeah. <laughs> it just, it sounds so bad. The song is produced so poorly. And you have, yeah. like, Selena Gomez, professional pop star, who, like, whenever she sings, it's not, like, mixed well. So it's just, like, her being, like, And then you do the zing and everything's good. Hooray. And it sounds just, like, <laughs> not at all like anybody who's good at singing. And you're, like, you are a multi-platinum selling you recording this. artist. Why do you not sound like a person who knows how to sing? <laughs> like. God, I love, I love when, like, when, like, B-tier animation movies, like, end the movie on, like, and now everyone sings a song. Yeah. And it's like, okay, why? <laughs> well, it's because we live in this weird world where, like, Shrek did it, and everybody has to do everything that Shrek, that Shrek did. Yeah. Like, the Shrek is, for some reason, now just the template for every animated movie that's not, like, g- good, I guess. <laughs> Which is hilarious because the first Shrek is like fucking great. Exactly. Yeah, and it's it's so weird. That movie's fantastic. Like, yeah, like I've heard because I don't know everything has to be so like winking and like not cynical but like self-referential now because yeah. Shrek was so huge. Like Shrek was the first person to be besides maybe like Aladdin, kind of. But like Shrek was the first animated movie that was like oh, we know we're an animated movie, we're going to make fun of animated movie tropes. And now we live in this weird world where, like, Wreck-It Ralph 2, <laughs> they're like, do you, oh, we're just going to say a whole bunch of Disney princess tropes, and that's a joke, I guess. <laughs> like, yeah. In no, a, did, in you a watch, did you watch Disney the studios. Uh, the Lindsay Ellis video on that? Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah. It was really good. But yeah, I don't know. Like, it's, it's weird to think about, like, just how how much... It's not even necessarily, like, just this sort of natural, like, trend in, like, animated movies. It's literally, it's to Shrek. They're just doing Shrek. Like, I don't know why Shrek has become, like, the cultural, like, centerpiece for all animated movies going forward. Yeah. I also like when, uh, over the credits, they play, like, all this, like, gorgeous concept art from what is clearly an entirely different movie than the one that we got. Um, well, it it probably wasn't 
concept art. I mean, I've seen like most of the concept art. Um, it was probably just like separate animation for the credits sequence. Um, but it reminded me a lot of this one animator named uh, Ub Iwerks who worked for Disney for a while and had like this really distinct um, style. And like if you if you look him up, you'll be able to like see it in that like that really stylized two D that was at the end, which fucking ripped. And right. I. Loved that. I also muted it, though, because I didn't want to listen to the song. (laughs) (laughs) No, but I didn't even mean that, because that's its own thing. I mean, like, after the, like, credit sequence, when it's just, like, the scrolling credits, and, like, in the background, they put in all this, like, gorgeous, like, lush green, like, weirdly minimalist concept art with, like, the characters in it. You're like, where's that Oh, I didn't actually see that. (laughs) I was so ready to be done at that point, then just, like... No, yeah, seriously, it's, like... It's just completely, it's seriously, it looks like, like Star Wars concept art. It's just like this gorgeous, like, it's painted, like, landscapes with, like, small characters in them that are, like, the characters from the movie. So, like, clearly this was a part of this at some point, but it's just like, what, what happened? Like, why did, why did it turn out like this? Marketing happens. I guess so. No, I've I've actually seen some of that concept art. There's some like really cool concept stuff for this movie. Oh yeah. Um and like concept art is always cooler than the final product because they have to like I mean, like the marketing department happens and they have to make it you know, kind of more sanitized than the like the art art people want it to be i mean you can right. see this with like every like almost every movie like the concept art is like amazing and beautiful and just not i mean if you've if you've seen it for frozen right like but i don't even necessarily mean like oh why doesn't it look exactly like that i just mean that like it's just like fundamentally like it just feels like a different tone right like yeah it just it doesn't seem at all because they're just like I mean, like I said, there's just these, like, locations. Like, the characters aren't, like, part of it. They're just, like, these, like, beautiful, like, landscapes and, like, shots of, like, villages. And it's all, like, really green and lush. And it just totally is, like, totally incongruous with everything in this movie. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway, um, so, yeah, a final judgment on Hotel Transylvania. Not great. <laughs> not stellar. I mean, I don't know. I stand by what I said that it's like, it's not, it's not offensive. I'm not mad about it. And like, I just, I, there's just nothing, there's nothing there. There's just absolutely nothing there. It's, is, is vapid the right word to use? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Cause yeah, it just didn't take any risks at all yeah it took like a negative number of risks (laughs) right so hey anna do you want to hear um a five-star review of hotel transylvania yes i do okay this is a five-star review by letterboxd user jane who says i'm gonna yell i've watched this like three times this weekend and every time i see that scene of dracula talking about what happened to his wife oof same. She's gonna yell. I am also going to yell. <laughs> anyway, my name's Jackson McMurray. My name's Anna McGuire. And this is a weird no nerds allowed. I just like the idea of somebody watching this movie more than once in two days. <laughs> and 
feeling stronger. You know there are some parents out there that are doomed to that fate, though. I know. <laughs> I'm just imagining some parent who feels this way. It's just like, God damn it, I fucking love this movie. And every time they're like six-year-old, it's like, can we watch the monster movie? They're like, fuck yeah. 